DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80, The Zone. Jazz and the Suns tonight. A little luster off the big game as we see the Jazz injury report. Nonetheless, a big game. And David Locke joins us now. David, David is brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Team. David, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. Apparently better than several key members of the Utah Jazz basketball team. I'm feeling pretty good. I didn't see the latest injury report. Mike Conley, out. Hamstring tightness. Donovan Mitchell, out. Ankle sprain. Royce O'Neal, questionable. Right wrist soreness. Um, Yeah, I wonder why I didn't get that last night. Hmm. Um, Oh, there it is. It came in. Madeline said it, like she always does. She's the best. Welcome back, Madeline. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think... um, I actually could make a really strong argument. You should rest everyone tonight. Sit down, Rudy, and duplicate that Laker game? Yeah. I mean, to some extent, with the injury situation we have right now, I think you're playing to try to not end up being three or four. And you've got a four-game edge on the loss column on those two teams. You've got ten games left. If you can find a way to go five and five, the Clippers would have to go – 9 and 0 or 8 and 0 and Denver would have the tiebreaker against you probably so they could go 8 and they would have to go 7 and 2 which is possible um yeah they might actually have to go 8 and 1 so i mean i, I don't know how we go 5 and 5 the rest of the way with you know part only part of our roster and not getting to play Sacramento every night um but if we can find a way to do that that seems to me more important and reasonable right now than grabbing the one seed when you don't have either of your starting guards for a while. Yeah, wouldn't it be easy if you didn't get the one seed, just say, well, we had injuries at the end, health is more important, so that's the decision we had to make, so be it, let's play ball when we get to the postseason. Yeah, I mean, my feeling on this entire season and the uniqueness um, of this season is that the injuries have actually dictated just about everything, right? I think the Jazz have had the number one seed because they handled health and safety protocols as well as they did and had no injuries. And the Suns have the two seed because they were, for up to the moment, the second best probably at handling that. And now um, they've been the best. Um, They avoided the Devin Booker, Chris Paul injury here down the stretch. And so now suddenly they'll probably be the one seed. Then I think you have Clippers, Denver, and the Lakers who all, and the Mavericks who've all been struck by injuries or the COVID protocol in different manners that have dictated the the route of their season. And Michael Porter Jr. I think had COVID twice. Um, Dallas had a month where they lost their entire team. LeBron and AD go out for the Lakers, and you know the Clippers have been at, not been at, uh, missed a Baca for much of the year, and I don't think they've had a lot of COVID problems. But and now they have a, the Kawhi Leonard thing seems. I could be totally wrong. I'm not. I'm totally making this up in my head. But like the guys played one game in a month. It was 22 minutes, and it's a foot injury. Feels like it's a lot more than just the old Kawhi Leonard management going on in LA right now. So I know that for some of the people, uh, they want the one seed because they want home court advantage and all that. But I think a lot of Jazz fans have been looking at this, thinking there are teams the Jazz match up better or worse against, and who can they avoid? And as much as I like to play that game and find it entertaining, I don't even want to begin to play it now because with the Nuggets in fourth, a half game behind the third-place Clippers, 
And with the Mavericks in sixth, the game behind the fifth-place Lakers, I can't begin to project which of these teams is going to end up on which side of the bracket. So how do you know which side the Jazz should end up on? I find it completely futile. Are you playing that game, or do you find it completely useless? Um, I'm finding it completely completely useless. I, I don't know if the Jazz still do it. I know when Corey Jazz, former Jazz um, analytics guy, who's now with the Austin Football Club, he actually used to be able to run models that kind of would be able to give you a percentage chance of, of where everybody was, um, and you could kind of figure these things out based on that. Um, those models that he had are probably way more sophisticated than the ones that are on Basketball Reference or 538. Those are pretty faulty right now because they think Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley are healthy, and that the Jazz will continue to play the rest of the season in the manner by which they've played the first 70 game, or 60 games, so that those are you know, those don't really have a lot of credence to them. Um, so, you know, early on we held these conversations. I thought the one seed was really important. Um, I still stick to that a little bit in the sense that um, you get the most rest, you're playing the least good team, you're guaranteed home court. The scenario where the two seed still plays along is that Portland has, when we talked about that, Portland was playing really well and they were getting Nurkic back. And my feeling at the time was that there were seven elite teams in the West or seven teams that could really cause you a lot of problems in the West. And I think that number might be down to six unless Portland, you know, Terry's a great coach, but they just seem to be off. Um, and Nurkic's return has not made them better. And Norman Powell, who I thought was an incredible acquisition, hasn't seemed to make them better. Um, so something's not quite right there. They haven't played well. and They're not as terrifying. And frankly, I think, you know, could probably actually lose to Memphis on a given night. Um, so seven right now after Golden State's loss last night seems to be Portland or Memphis and doesn't seem as daunting. And so then if you're two, you have home court versus three. And then frankly, if the Lakers get through at four or excuse me at five, then you're back to home court advantage the whole way. So the two seed does not seem as bad a deal as I thought it was going to be a month ago when I thought it was going to be, you know, Portland in the first round with Dame on fire and everything else, and um, that doesn't seem to be the case right now. So I do think the three seed seems pretty daunting to me, right? I, I, I think we'd really struggle in a seven-game series to beat Luka. Um, we just can't guard him. And then Chris Dapps brings Gobert out, so that makes it hard, and then we're leaving Dorian Finney-Smith open. We've seen that game. Like, it's hard. Um, so that's a really hard series for us, and they're really good, and they've, you know, they're better than their record. So I would like to avoid three if all possible, but I, I don't know that that is that possible right now. I think, you know, if we don't have Don and Mike for a while, like it's going to be a, it's going to be a real task for us to win a lot of basketball games. We don't we don't get Sacramento every night, and you know we saw Minnesota's a above five hundred team with their guys healthy, and we you know struck we played them tight, but couldn't couldn't get them with Mike. So um, I think it's going to be tough. You say without those guys for a while, what in your mind is a while? What do we got left? Nine games. We're playing ten, so many games, right? Ten, We're playing ten. four games in seven, five in six days every week. I mean, I, I don't. I mean, I'm not. I don't have any idea. Well, so I mean, my I, point. I, my point is though. Like, I don't think we're do seeing. Think they like, need let to me be make back. sure this is. Yeah, I don't think like I don't think we're seeing them like Saturday or Monday or anything right, like that. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, I think, and then, you know, I kind of think once you push to the fifth, you're probably pushing to the ninth. Okay, so is that, how much time do you think they need? Not to be injured, uh, but to be in, ready to, be to go ready, for the postseason. I think the, I think the week of the postseason should be enough. 
Okay. You know, you finish Sunday, right? You don't, if you're the two seed, you probably don't play till at the earliest you play Saturday, you likely play Sunday considering the fact that the, one of the team, the team you're playing had to play on, well, they only have to play on Tuesday or Wednesday. So you could probably play Saturday if TV wants you to. Playing games are going to be so great. I can't wait. This is so, they've done such a great job with this. This is it's a lot of complaints is, about them. You think this is going to stick and last with these playing games or no? Yeah, I, I, I do. I, I don't even know where the complaints are coming from and what they're based on. I actually don't hear it at all. I'm like, it's like well, the loudest one was the loudest one was Mark Cuban and some matters. Right. Okay. So Mark Cuban complained with no basis to his argument other than I'm in seventh and I don't want to be in seventh. <laughs> I haven't heard him complain since he's in sixth. It's incredible. Yeah, well, that is the complaint. You, yeah, that is the right, complaint. Okay, so, like, great. Selfishly, Mark Cuban went and complained. Great. Okay, move on. Like, what's next? Like, there's no complaint. This is incredible. Like, the Warriors played the Timberwolves last night in a game that would just never have mattered for one instance. Got pretty big ramifications on the playoff race. Boston <clears throat> played Charlotte the other night in while Miami was playing San Antonio, and, like, I'm listening to the Boston broadcast, and they're doing the same thing we are, following everything with Miami – because they're battling for six while simultaneously kind of looking at four, but really making sure that they're not seven. Like, it's great. The problem with created, it being... <clears throat> we've created a race for one, and we've always had a race for one. We've always had a race for two. You've always had a race for four, right? And then we had a race for eight, which no one cared about. Okay. We now have a race for one. We have a race for two. We have a race for four. We have a race for six. We have a race for eight. And we have a race for ten. So Washington at 28 and 34 deserves to be in a race? Sure. Absolutely. It adds entertainment. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and they're playing well at the end of the season. They they have just the validity to me as, as, you know, the seven or eight seed. Like, I, I, I just don't, like, I guess the only argument against the playing game is that somehow you're hurting the seventh or eighth seed who mm-hmm. in the traditional form would have earned themselves the right to play five playoff games and get beat. So great. Be the six seed. Okay. Like, you, I just think like, not watering I, I just down, don't hear that. You're not watering down and already watering that da- water down. So oh, I mean, season. certainly these are probably teams that aren't going to win the championship, but if like, we're worrying about watering down then let's just play the first only what, like if we're worrying about watering down, then let's just have four playoff teams from each conference that have a chance to win the championship. We've already watered it down. Right, yeah, like we always yeah. have three or four teams in the playoffs that don't have a chance to win a championship. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, we went 16 out of 30, right? Like that's pretty yeah, watered yeah. down. What's the difference between 20 out of 30? Yeah, I just think I you've added an element of interest, and frankly, you know, I thought like we've eliminated tanking to a decent amount with between this and the lottery. Denver's whole shenanigans of the year ago, where they started playing around with who they wanted to play, was not a good look for the league. You've eliminated that, <clears throat> and so I think it's great. I mean, I've, I've heard there was an interesting proposal that because of the playing game, the eighth seed, the number one seed should be able to choose their opponent, which I think is interesting. The, the only thing I don't actually like about the playing game is preparation is a disadvantage to the one seed. So I think, if I understand the schedule in the playing game, you know, Tuesday and Wednesday they'll play those first matchups, and then Wednesday and Thursday with, they'll play the final matchups. So the number one seed doesn't actually know their opponent until either Wednesday or Thursday night and only gives them two nights to prepare before they play. That's a little bit of a disadvantage to the one seed. Yeah. That's the only thing about this that I don't think is great. So the argument there could be that the one seed decides, you know, we're, we're just going to choose our opponent and start prepping beforehand. And then 
based on what happens on the first night, they limit that list down and then they choose their opponent. Yeah, I mean, that, it would make it a little bit better. It would actually add some drama and then you could play the whole card of like, oh, they chose them. Um, but I, I think this is outstanding. I think it's, it's, I think it's actually added intrigue in a league that has got injury issues. Um, it allows for a team like Washington. I actually think Washington's a good story of why it matters. Like Washington in years past would have pulled the plug and tanked the season. Instead, they get some injuries, they get COVID, they got crippled by COVID early, and they end up actually, you know, now getting hot and they're making a playoff run. And they're like, like, that's a pretty interesting, like, they could very easily win the 9-10 game and maybe the 7-8 game. The one thing I think that people haven't taken in enough on this play-in is, so assuming that 7-8 and 9-10 are all pretty even, which by records they are, the chances of making the playoffs from the 7-8 seed is 75%. The chances of making the playoffs from the 9-10 is 25%. So being 8 versus being 9 is a pretty dramatic difference. And I do think is not, you know, is really not discrediting seven and eight as much as everybody says. I also think that uh, to channel one Patrick Kinahan and something he has told us many times because he doesn't think we remember that it's true. It's all about the money, and I think behind the scenes, any owner is looking at GM and coach saying, "Get me one more home game. It's a playoff game." Even if you don't fill the arena in some of these places, it's got to be worth a million bucks, right? In some places, it's probably worth more than that. Depends on your market and how many luxury suites and bunker suites and all that stuff. But it's uh, any chance you have to play another one, two, three playoff games, they are owners are going to be all about it. That's a lot of money. Oh, I think I could take it further than that. I think don't you think Washington s- sells more season tickets because they made the play-in game with a charge at the end of the year? Sure, that's another don't, thing. Don't think, that's like, another thing to lob on top of it. Yeah. Yeah, like Charlotte right now is an eighth in the playoff seed. Like, yeah, what it does you know, the, corporate sponsorships for and signage for right. the next year. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that's a, I think that's a really big one. Chicago, frankly, stayed relevant. You know, made that trade and has stayed relevant for much longer in the season. Otherwise, they're probably out of it at this point. Down, you know, two, two back with ten to play. But maybe, you know, who knows? Like, if they can get Zach Levine out of protocol, um, you know, I think. You've you've Memphis. I think you've got that fan base very much engaged. Where right now you're battling for an eight nine spot. I actually think it sounds more fun to battle for a playing spot. And then, and I think the games are going to be incredible. Like Steph Curry, Dame Lillard, Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal with yeah, one and done. Power. Like the league needs one and done. I was intrigued the other night when I saw Ilya Sova and Rudy Gobert on the floor together. It was a little bit of a tease. You mean the cha- world's least athletic, long athletic lineup the Jazz ever put out in the history of the NBA? No, I'm just kidding. You think you we see a little was? bit more of it or no? Well, didn't they have Ilya Sova, Boyan, and Joe all out on the floor at the same time? I don't remember who the other guys were. I think, yeah, that, I think you're right. I'm 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 not positive, but I think you're right. I think we had a lineup at one point of Joe Ingles, Boyan Bogdanovich, Ursan Elisova, George Niang, and Rudy Gobert, and went on like a twenty-one to two run. Now we were playing, you know, Sacramento, but yeah, no, I think that was like the longest, least athletic lineup we could possibly put on the floor. Um, I think Elisova is the next step in the rotation for the playoffs. 
you know, like we've had me only playing that kind of extra role when anyone's out. Yeah. Um, and I think Ilyasova, just with 13-year veteran and length and um, there were two or three rebounds last night, that night that he got that I just don't think other, you know, he actually gets because he's just got a 7-1 wingspan. Um, so I think that you, I think he'll be a, I think he's a rotation, you know, he's a one step off the rotation possibly in the playoffs too. And I also think there's a chance that in certain matchups at the right time, you might decide to play him at center in the playoffs. But if someone's really playing this aggressive style of defense and getting up on our body and um, doing all the things they've been doing to us that have caused us problems and we're just really forced into a drive game, then you might play Ilias over for a few minutes at center instead of favors to widen up the floor. Hmm. Uh, I want to go back to the uh, the injuries with these guys. Uh, I've got the schedule here. I thought when Donovan was down, that was probably a two-week uh, deal. So today is two weeks. It's literally 14 days from when he got hurt against Indiana. If he's out a third so I'm not, week... I'm, wait, I, I just want to make sure... Be, uh, I'm Hopefully you and I have known each other for 25 years and you're not going to get mad at me for this. Um, I just think this gets dangerous because I think fans hear this and then they think that well, it should have been two weeks. Like, what did you base that on? Other ankle injuries and ankle injuries I've had and how long I've seen guys out. It's not medically uh, sound at all. I get that. Okay. And they're not going to tell us. Um, right. So what I wanted to get at is there's this back-to-back. And what you said about, I assume, which, you know, for, for all the information I got, they could announce he's playing tomorrow night. I don't have any idea. Okay? But if he's out another week and it's a three-week deal and they brought him back um, – and he had the five games before you have basically another week off. Is that enough? Because I've been pounding this drum about the Lakers that the Lakers need some time playing together if they're really going to be the defending champs and the Lakers. So I'm wondering, well, if I'm going to hold the Lakers to that standard, am I going to hold the Jazz to that standard? How much time do they need together? And, you know, another week, if it turns out to be a three week injury. And if he misses the Denver game on Friday, May 7th, but they brought him back on Saturday the 8th, he wouldn't have to play a back-to-back. Neither would Conley if he came back, and I don't know what the status of his hamstrings are. But that'd be five games together. Is that enough in your mind, or do you start worrying about, hey, they're not going to get to play that much. They're going to be out a long time. Um, I think they've played together, and the issue that's different with the Lakers is they added Andre Drummond. And so they're actually playing a different, that's actually a different team. Mm-hmm. And so they have to figure out how to play together. I also think LeBron is like, you know, one of the five straight, smartest players to ever play the game. I don't know who the other four are. Um, and so I don't think it really matters because once LeBron comes back, everything's okay. Um, you know, they have just a bigger problem. They can't figure out how to use Andre Drummond, Montrezl Harrell, and Marcus Sol and what they're doing in which they fit into. Um, and then I think they have another little like issue. So LeBron comes back, and I'm assuming Kuzma goes to the bench, and they're starting Schroeder, Pope, LeBron, Davis, and Drummond. Pretty damn good. And then, you know, what's the rest? It's Morris, Harrell. Is it Morris, Gasol? And then I'm guessing Kuzma takes Tucker and McLemore's minutes, and then that's it. That's just their rotation. They've basically played together. They're probably fine. I think Wesley's you know, unfortunately on his last legs and Mark is pretty close. So I'm not too worried about the Lakers. And then from our standpoint, I wouldn't be that worried other than the historical pattern of Quinn Snyder jazz teams don't do particularly well off layoffs. 
Um, and so this would be an extensive layoff. Mm-hmm. Um, I also just don't know much of anything on where Donovan's rehab is, but I'm not as optimistic as you are on how long that injury was going to be and how soon we were going to see him. I mean, I, you know, there's, for all we know, there's also a moment in this time where you just say we're getting him ready for the playoffs. All right, we'll leave it right there. Bunch of maybes, and we'll see how this plays out going forward. Jazz and Suns tonight. He's David Locke. He's going to be on the call at 8 o'clock. The pregame show starts at 7, and it's the same timeline for the Saturday night game with Toronto at home. 7 o'clock pregame, 8 o'clock on the tip. David, we look forward to hearing you uh, yell and scream with the Booner. All right, sounds good. Talk All to right. you soon. DJ and PK, Kyle Whittingham, Utah football coach, is coming up at the top of the hour. Stay with us.